Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Well, good morning. How about we make a good confession here before we get going? Okay. You guys got an extra hour of sleep. You should be raring to go. Pittsburgh won Thursday night. The Mountaineers won last night. Y'all should be ready to rock. Okay, well, thanks for the enthusiasm. Here we go. Ready? I declare. I have a spirit of faith. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. So I declare. I have a spirit of power. Love. And self control. And never, ever, a spirit of fear. So, for the next few moments, we're going to do a couple things a little different. I got some guests that are going to be with me in just a moment, but we're going to wrap up a series that we've been on for the last, uh, well, this is, this is week four. And the reason why we've been doing this series, I'm going to read you a verse here in just a moment that. When Pastor Diane and I first moved back here to West Virginia, it was about 2.30 in the morning. I was on the back porch of my parents' house, and I was just getting some things ready for a Sunday morning, and I, I just, I said this little prayer, and it went something like this, um, God, is, is, is this move that we've made here and, and sort of, um, we didn't start the church, but it was sort of like a relaunch or restart of a church or starting a church with a building. It was just kind of starting over for the church and for us. I said, is this something significant or is this just the next phase for us? And God took me to the book of Genesis, gave me a scripture and told me to preach on it every year. And so we have tried to do that and we've done it every year. We've changed the titles and tried to be creative every time. But he took me to this verse. This is Genesis. And we know this is God talking to Abraham, but he, he told me to talk to you about it every year. So it reads this way. It says, now in Haran, Haran means the parched place or the stressed place. The Lord said to Abram, go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, away from your relatives. So there's a scripture if you need to get away from some relatives. (laughs) And your father's house and go to the land I'm going to show you. And in verse two, God pronounces a blessing and he says, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I will bless you with an abundant increase of favor. I will make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, and you will be a dispenser of good to others. The word blessing in these few verses is the Hebrew word barak, and and it literally means this, that I will bless you to prosper, and I will bless you to succeed, to where you will be at a place without, uh, that you'll have a liberal supply. And so it tells us, it it literally, literally means this, that God will progress us forward, or God will move us forward. So if you ever wanted to know if God wanted you to move forward, he's been about that since the beginning. And so in this series, we, we said there, there, there's a little bit of a formula to having the blessing of God show up in your life. And it starts off, first of all, with just being right. Everyone say, be right. Be right. And being right means, first of all, you become a believer. You make Jesus the Lord of your life. Uh, you become... You, you, you get the gift of his righteousness. You are justified. You're forgiven. You become a Christ follower. You are uh, born again. You are a Jesus follower. You're a Christian. Any, any of those in the house? But it not only just means to be right with God, but it means that then we walk in obedience. We don't walk in rebellion, but we walk in obedience. And so it starts with being right. Then it, it means we also not just be right, but we believe. The Bible said everything God has blessed us with is received by what? Faith. So we put our faith in the word of God. The Bible said every, every promise God has given, it's yes and it's what? In other words, put your amen to what God said yes to. And the last part of that formula is that, that we be a blessing. In other words, we're responsible to do something with the blessing. Uh, what we do with the blessing determines what God actually does for us in our life. And so this series has been called Be Blessed. Everyone say Be Blessed. And there are four parts to that blessing. And so we've dissected each part. In, in week one, we said this, that the blessing will prosper you. A lot of people like to fight that, but it's literally what it means. It will prosper your life. And God wants to prosper. He wants to move your life forward. 
And if you will manage the blessing of God right, meaning you, if you will live generously, if you'll be faithful in the area of tithes, if you'll become a giver of offerings, then I believe that God will allow you to walk in the, in the next level of prosperity in your life. Yes. Amen. Amen. But part of the blessing is when you are blessed, God wants to prosper your life. The other part of that blessing is God not only prospers you, but he prefers you. Once again, you're quiet. He, he will prefer you. It literally means, we just read it, that he will pour out the favor of God on your life. The favor of God is the grace of God. The favor of God is basically God wants to do for you in your life what you can't do for yourself, what you're unable to do for yourself. It's when a superior takes a liking to an inferior and does for you, and you don't deserve it, and you can't repay him for it. That's the favor of God. And what God wants to do is favor. So you don't live by fate and you don't live by luck. You live by the favor of God. And, and if we manage that right, we, we learned this, that if we will live a life of honor, it attracts the favor of God to our life. Honor means this, that, that we, we value the word of God, the will of God, the ways of God in thought, word, and action. Not just in thought, not just in word, and not just in action, but in the combination of those, it will attract the blessing and the favor of God to your life. Once again, be right, believe, be a blessing. Are y'all getting this? Then last week, we looked at the last part of this, and we realized this, that the blessing will promote you. Now, I'm not talking about he'll just promote you at work, and that's all right if he does that, but we're talking about how he will elevate your life. He will promote your life, your kids, your family. If you put your hand to the things of God, he will promote what you're doing. Now, I am no way preaching that a life of perfection or without problems but I'm saying you'll be blessed in the face of a problem. You'll be blessed in the face of culture. You'll be blessed. You, you are blessed no matter what's happening around you. He took Abraham from the stress place to the blessed place. That's what God wants to do in your life. And he will promote you. And if we manage that well, we learn this. If we will live a life of excellence, God will elevate us. And so just because he says you're blessed, you can't just live however you want to. How many know we have to put our life in alignment with things, and he wants to overwhelm you with the blessing? We actually read where he will chase you down with the blessing. Everybody say this, I'm too blessed, I'm too blessed to live this stressed. stressed. Amen. God's got it. Look at someone and say, he's talking to you. So this is, this is the last week. This is week four. Now, I want to do a little promo. I'm going to start a new series next week called The Grip of Grace for the next three weeks. I want to share with you um, some things I've shared over the years about the goodness and, and, and the grace of God that people have said these are the best teachings. Um, they've changed their life the most. So you don't want to miss the next few weeks. But let me, let me say this, is, and we'll bring some guests out here in a moment. But here's the last thing that the blessing does. is So the blessing will prosper you. Amen. It will prefer you, amen. Yeah. It will promote you. Yeah. Now here's the last part. that The blessing propels others. The blessing will propel, propel others. And we just read that part of the blessing is that you will be a dispenser of good to others. In other words, God will bless you to be a what? A blessing. Now if you look up the word propel... It literally means that he will, or you will move someone else forward, or God will prosper you and move you forward so you can help move other people forward. So the part of the blessing is, yes, God wants to bless little old you, but he wants to bless others through little old you, and we can't miss that part of it, or we, we, or we misunderstand the blessing of God. It's to bless your life, and it's to bless other people through you. Now, I want you to get this. The way that God blesses people is they understand by faith that they are blessed. And if God wants to touch somebody, bless somebody, guess how he does it? Through you. You are a dispenser of the blessing. That ought to fire you up. That ought to make you smile. That ought to excite you. How does God want to touch people, do good to people, bless people? Guess how? Little old you. We need to be responsible with the blessing in these areas of our life. And one area is that we get to be a dispenser of the blessing of God. Amen. Now, let, let, let me say this, and we're going to transition how we do the rest of, of this morning. I want you to uh, understand this, this part of, of God propelling other people forward through you. He wants to do it individually through your life. 
doesn't matter if you're at McDonald's, doesn't matter if you're at Target, doesn't matter where you're at, at school, wherever you might be, God wants to bless people through you. And God has local churches that he has a blessing on, an anointing on, and he wants to bless other people, other ministries, other opportunities through our church. We take that extremely serious. And uh, it's just so awesome for me to think that God wants to bless other people through me. And it is very, very much more awesome. I don't know if that's right, um, but it's going to be all right this morning. So, because uh, I've got the microphone for a moment. So he wants to bless other ministries other people through the vision of life points. Those things excite me. I hope they, they excite you. So I want the, you to rearrange your thinking when you leave here today. It's not all about how crazy life is or how challenging life is. It's all about how blessed you are. And I just want you to take this challenge. How many people could I bless this week? How many people could I bless the rest of this year? Just, just realize you ought to get up in the morning, look in the mirror, straighten yourself up and say, I'm the blessed of the Lord, and I am, I, I am too blessed to be stressed, and I'm going to be a blessing to others no matter what. Actually, if you would get a little bit obsessed with that, I think you'd realize some things that you think are such a big deal in your life might fade away, and you'd see opportunity more than you see obstacle. Yes. Amen? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so... We have some, some visitors here with us from some local ministries. I'll introduce them in just a moment. But I want to draw your attention to the, the video screens so you just get a visual uh, about our guests that are, are here with us this morning. Hi, my name's Heather, and I've been at Northern Appalachian Adult and Teen Challenge for 15 months. Before coming here, I had a pretty decent childhood up until the time I was about 13 and then my mom became an addict and was in and out of jail and my dad was always working. I didn't have authority to tell me what I could and couldn't do so I did whatever I wanted. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was skipping school, I was drinking, I was smoking. By the time I was 17 I had a newborn daughter and I was a single mom. Fast forward a little bit, I was 26 and I had three kids with a full-blown drug addiction and addicted to alcohol. Well, in 2018, CPS stepped in and took my three kids. I went to a 28-day program and was able to stay and graduate from that program, but I still had that void and I still didn't feel good enough. I started using fentanyl super bad, trying anything I could possibly do to end my life or drowned out the voices in my head that saying I wasn't good enough. I pleaded with the Lord one day, I was on my knees, and I asked him to help me get off the fentanyl because I didn't wanna feel that way anymore. And believe it or not, two weeks later, I ended up in jail. <laughs> After I got out of jail, it was all right, but then I started using other substances that didn't make me feel that way, but it was also trying to fill that void. Well, in May of 2022, the Lord found a way for me to come to Northern Appalachian Adult and Teen Challenge. And since being here, I have found hope for my life. I've been able to talk to my oldest daughter. He is restoring my relationships with my family. He has also given me a new family with the staff here, um, working on getting my high school diploma. So after that, I will graduate and we will see where he takes me. I felt at peace when I first came here and visited this place. It's beautiful, it's, it's peaceful, it's not really like any other place he's ever been. And the fact that they accepted Michael for who he is, that's what I appreciate. And here he had a fresh start. He had a fresh start with people that were encouraging him to be what he can be and not what he thinks he is. When that started opening up, it was like, oh my goodness, we have found our place for our son. I mean, we have a sense of purpose, not only for our parenting and our direction for our son, but a, a sense of purpose for what he's grabbing a hold of for himself. And you can see the work they do here. You can see it. 
come out in, in the kids. There are a number of ways for people to get involved with this ministry. First and foremost is prayer. The sun rises and falls on God's hand of provision over this, this ranch. Prayer moves the hand of God. Beyond prayer, you can get involved with your time and your resources. You can get involved with our thrift store. You can get involved with mission teams. This helps us reach that next child. This helps us further the mission of Chestnut Mountain Ranch. To watch a child blossom and to watch a child rise out of the ashes and figure out that he was created for a purpose and that there's a God in heaven that knows him by name, you cannot put a price on that. As I mentioned, I thought the best way to just today for you to see um, about how uh, the blessing of God on your life, on our church's life, is just able to be a part, has the privilege, the opportunity to be a part of, of other ministries. And so we have with us from the Chestnut Boys Ranch in Morgantown, this is Steve and Don Finn, and for the Northern Appalachian Adult Teen Challenge. Uh, we have their directors. This is Aaron and Victoria Plumley, and uh, so they're going to uh, help us. We're just going to interview them for uh, just a couple moments. But I wanted to pop one scripture up on the screen. This is uh, Acts chapter one, and this is verse eight. And you know this verse. It says, "When we receive power, we will have a witness." It doesn't say we'll go witnessing. It says we will have a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now. Uh, you hear us talk about 1-8 giving around here, and this is where this came from, from this verse, that uh, we believe that we're, that we're to have a witness and partner with different ministries, number one, that, that are local, what we do here at the church, and that's your Jerusalem. Your Judea is regionally. That's why these uh, awesome people are here with us today. Um, uh, your Samaria is ministries we support in the country, and then the ends of the earth are outside the borders of America. That's international. Yeah. And I want to just thank you that over the last several weeks, we took up a wartime offering for Israel, for what's going on there. And I want to thank you for giving such a good offering. We sent that to... We sent that to a ministry we support every month, and that's Christians United for Israel. We believe from Scripture we see that we're supposed to not only pray for... Um, the peace there in Jerusalem, but we're also uh, supposed to, uh, we believe, on an ongoing basis, just, just partner with what God is doing there. And so uh, we have some, some questions, and we're just going to interview these guys. And uh, first of all, I'll just say thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for what you guys do. It's been a little bit since you've been with us. Um, I know you guys, uh, these guys are just outside uh, Clarksburg here, so you guys have maybe seen them a little more, but thank you guys for being with us. And I'll start with this question for you guys. So uh, why don't you guys just tell us about the ministry? We saw it on the video, uh, the video, but just take a moment. Tell us about the ministry that you guys represent. Come on. So we've got a 300-acre children's home up in Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, it's a school, a nationally accredited school, and a home for boys. Uh, we have been doing this debt-free since we landed back here 18 years ago. Before that, I was an officer in Atlanta. That's when Dawn and I met. And um, God took us from our career path into full-time ministry. Uh, from full-time ministry, we decided to start looking around the country for a state with the highest need for children. And in 2005, we moved back here uh, to go after this because of the need. And we decided, okay, if God's in this, we're going to do this debt-free. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give it 12 months to get off the ground and... Um, uh, if he's in it, he's in it. If he's not, he's not. And so God just took us right to the end of that that 12 months and whittled us down to $25 in our bank account. You know, it was like going through a spiritual police academy. I think we re we needed to go through some things, but then we just saw God started. Uh, it, we, in our last moment when we were getting ready to tap out and move back to Georgia, uh, God began to provide. And the land showed up, the roads started going in, the houses started coming up. And where we're at today, we've got three homes completed. We have 21 boys 
Uh, we've got the fourth home under roof. It'll be done in about 12 months. Um, we're utilizing mission teams and, and, and local inmates from a prison to, to come in and help. Uh, so we've kind of got these side ministries going, but God has been uh, faithful. And, and um, you know, um, LifePoint had gotten involved, I think, before we even had the first child on the property. Um, right now we've had close to 100 children, 100 families go through our program. Um, we have, uh, we're, we're seeing God changing lives. We're seeing God breaking these generational bondages, these generational curses, and, and these children are setting their feet on solid ground, and, and their, 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 their future is rewritten. And so, um, but we want to thank LifePoint because you, you guys have been going after this for uh, a long time now, and, 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 and I, you were talking about the blessing and furthering that blessing, and I, can, uh, I, I was invited to speak at a university in Pennsylvania yesterday and speak to a foundation. And, um, and, it, and sometimes I get these invites to speak to foundations, and I don't know where, the, where it's going, but it's probably going to be a gift in the next 12 months. But I, I pulled this person aside, and I said, how did we ever get connected? And she, she thought, she said, well, um, I think I was visiting a church in Clarksburg about a decade ago, and I heard you speak, and it was LifePoint. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we know for sure we never take divine moments for granted, do we? Now we're going to turn our attention to um, Aaron and Victoria. We'd like you to kind of give us a little bit of background, too, and tell us what, what your, rep your ministry represents and just kind of share with us, if you would. Yes, yeah, so... Uh... Northern Appalachian Teen Challenge is a Christian discipleship training program. Um, we, we house individuals for up to a year of time, adult females here locally in Clarksburg, and we just give them biblical foundational principles on how to rebuild their lives. Um, most, most of those lives have been torn apart through drug addiction, homelessness, um, family life, bad family life. So we're kind of on the other end of that. Uh, you know, getting reuniting these families back together. And uh, there's a lot of structure and discipline in our program. Um, as you saw in the video, there's life skills, there's work skills and ethics training. And, and they just go through a, a series of classes that really give them, you know, a biblical foundation to, to, to rebuild their house on. We lay the foundation so that they can build the house when they leave. And um, that, that's a core, you know, having those core values, principal values, um, kind of make them unshakable no matter what their past has been or what their future may look like. Uh, they're, they're solid and, and they have that, that foundation to stand on and build on and continue to have a successful life. That's awesome. Let me just move on on a personal note here uh, to let you guys just kind of share a little bit. Like what motivated both of you on a personal level to be a part of this ministry? If you would share that, that'd be great. Yeah, that's, that's an easy one. So my, uh, my own personal testimony, I was a, an alcoholic and a drug addict for several years. And um, it just it ripped my life into shreds. And, um, you know, I tried many, many other ways to get, to get sober, to get clean, to recover. And uh, none of those things worked. And, um, you know, uh, my, my grandmother, who was a, a faithful, tongue-talking, Pentecostal-walking lady from, from years and years, just really... Uh, took this opportunity and put it in my face continually until God pulled me in that direction and I, I submitted to that and I uh, went to the program myself back in 2011 and I did uh, you know a year as a student there and then God called me back into the ministry so I've done a three-year internship there on the men's campus and just continued to you know further my education continue my growth in the Lord and and just really lay some heavy blocks in that foundation to build on until God called me to Clarksburg. I met my wife, mm. and uh, yeah, here we are. That's awesome. Victoria, you want to share a little bit about your story, too? Yeah, um, similar situation. Um, I ended up in Teen Challenge myself um, in my mid-20s. I had a daughter who had been taken by CPS, and um, just being in a place where I felt loved and accepted and seen for the first time. Um, people that were patient with me and bore with me um, through the ugliest kind of season of my life. Um, 
and just people that had hope for me when I had no hope for myself. I just got, I fell in love with that vision. I fell in love with that, um, just that environment and I wanted to be able to give that back. I wanted to be able to do that for others and uh, my heart had been so broken myself. Um, I just had a pull towards women especially um, and women with children even more than that because I knew how difficult it was to yeah. take that time and be away from your child, to um, focus on yourself. I knew that um, being in abusive relationships, how it makes it impossible for you to have self-worth. And, and I knew, you know, just, just what a journey that is to get back to a place where you have any kind of confidence and any kind of hope for your life. And I just wanted, I just wanted to love people like that. Um, I felt really indebted to the people who did it for me, and I felt like, you know, my life, my life doesn't belong to me. Um, I threw my life away, and when I came to the Lord, I was like, if you'll just save me, you know, if you'll just save my life, I'll do whatever you want. And so um, I had to make good on that promise. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like it's a privilege um, to have a purpose like this. Um, I walked through most, yeah. of my, most of my life feeling like I had no purpose, feeling like there was no point for my existence. And right. so when God just revealed to me that my life had purpose, yes. I yes. was all in. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's always important. Amen. That's right. Give it up for them. It's really important to know that you have, whether it's a grandmother, whether it's a mom, whether it's a dad, whether it's a sister or a brother, somebody praying for you, it makes a huge difference because it sets and lays the foundation and the tracks for God to be able to do and make power available for people to make right choices. And then to know that you have a heart and a vision for those that you, you know, I think it's a not awesome that you had to experience those things, but awesome that because out of that experience, you know how to pour out through your ministry and your vision to touch the women and the men in different ways that they can relate to you and actually impact their lives. So we're so grateful that you guys have chosen that and followed the will, plan, and purpose that God has for Northern Appalachian Adult Teen Challenge. We're so grateful for you guys. We really are. So talk to us about um, your official involvement and what motivated you. I know you were in law enforcement in Georgia. And what motivated you to come back and be a part and, and do what you do? Well, um, I think my, my, you know, our past often uh, shapes our future. And, and the wounds of our past uh, often determine where we're, 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 God can use that for good. Yeah. And um, so my father passed away when I was 13, and my teen years spun out and um, uh, moved out of the house when I was 17, somehow finished high school. I'm not really sure how, but I was living on my own, working at McDonald's, paying rent on an apartment. And, and then I can remember back on those days where uh, I just felt like God's presence was with me, even when I was not obedient. And, and um, so I was 20 years old, and man, I just got on my knees one night, and I said, God, here I am send me, and uh, I'm yours, and, um, and, he, and he pulled me, and he, he gave me a desire for law enforcement, and I, I, I used the next 12 years to reach uh, the least of these. I used those 12 years to um, uh, share the gospel with people in my back seat and, and pray with people and find um, those opportunities God would pull me into when people are at their lowest. And, and it was just, uh, and my wife and uh, Dawn and I started um, these what-if conversations. What if God wanted us to do more? What if there's something else? And so it was about a two-year prayer process. We kept it quiet. Um, we ended up uh, being drawn to uh, Eagle Ranch, which is a children's home in Georgia. And it, those, were, those were steps, and those were steps of obedience. And, and somebody asked me uh, one time, like, how did you, this all get started? Like, where, what's the secret sauce? And I said, you know what? It's, it's steps of obedience. Yeah. It's steps of obedience. I can remember sitting in church one Sunday, and I was a, I was a police officer working midnight shift, so I was probably half asleep. And uh, it was Sunday morning. I worked the night before, and there was a lady on stage giving the announcements about, this is in Atlanta, big church. And so she said, we need help. She was giving, you know, going through the calendar of events, and she said, we need help in the nursery. And Dawn elbowed me, and she said, let's do that. And I said, what? And she said, let's go work on the nursery. And I said, I'm not going to work on the nursery. You know? <laughs> um, that's, that's, you know, I'm like this six-foot-five cop, and I'm 
that's not me. Uh, let's, let's pick something else. And she said, no, that's, what, that's where they need help. And I was like, so we started having like this domestic dispute, you know, about halfway back. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit wears a dress. I'm going to, um, I give. And so we, for two years, I think we worked downstairs in the nursery changing diapers. I didn't like it, but I, you know, it was obedient. And, and it was those, and then all of a sudden there was these next little steps of obedience. And I found myself being drawn into a discipleship group. And, and, and it's those moments where you say yes, and you take those baby steps to um, when God's tapping you saying, hey, I need you here right now. And then I need you here right now. And now we're in West Virginia uh, running uh, a, a ministry that's getting national attention, and we're we're, we're still doing this debt free. We're still um, we've, we've never been bankrolled, but God is providing that daily bread, and we continue to wake up every morning and say, "Okay, God, what do you have for us today? Where do you want us to go?" And um, I think that answered your question. Yeah. So I have another really really good question. What's the biggest reward and what's the greatest challenge in what you do? You could have prepped me for this one. <laughs> um, what do you think the biggest reward is? Well, obviously, boys come to Christ. That's the biggest reward. Um, the hardest part is that is it's such a process. So the boys are usually with us for two years. And, I mean, we share Christ with them day in and day out. And we have some that come to Christ and some that reject it. And so that's, I guess, in the same thing, that's the blessing and, and the hardship is just being faithful and praying that the seeds that we plant will come to fruition, even if we don't get to see it right in those immediate, you know, two years. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, I, I would direct the same question to you all. I mean, I know, I know the challenges of ministry and different things. And when you get the heart and the vision and you surrender your life, um, you think, oh, okay. But then when you start actually going in through the ministry, there are some challenges and, and great rewards too. So if you, you guys would explain those uh, for you all, because they can be very challenging. We know ourselves in ministry, it's the most rewarding thing, but it's not always the easiest thing. I, w I would agree really with what she said, like uh, relate totally to that. Um, and when I was thinking about this, it's, it is. It's, it's double-sided because on the one hand, um, you get to see people take hold of their potential. And, you know, I think like the greatest reward is when somebody completely sells out to the Lord and they just get a hold of, of that relationship with Christ. They fall in love with Jesus and they say, nothing else for me after this. I'll, anywhere you want to take me, I'll go. And I, I always say that addicts make the best Christians because we're, we're stubborn. And if we get stubborn for the right thing... Yeah. Um, there's nothing that can move you from that. There's nothing that can shake you. There's nothing that can pull you. And so, and there's a gift of faith that comes when you're, when you get delivered from addiction. Um, and so that's, that's like, that's the reward. Um, but again, you know, like there's, it's something that we've had to learn over the years is, you know, to get out of the way sometimes and just do what we're called to do because you can't make somebody make that choice. You can't, you can't, orchestrate the perfect environment for somebody to fall in love with Christ. And that's what we strive to do. But even in that environment, people can still refuse. People can still, um, for whatever reason, just not give in to the love that God has for them and, and just cut that potential short. And so that's, that's the difficult part is, is knowing what, you know, because when people come in, we, we have always prayed that we would see them the way that God sees them. So you can see in that broken life, what can come of that? Yeah. You know, like the great testimony that can come of that and, and, you know, the lives that will be transformed from their testimony and their family that could be restored. And so when you see all that yeah. and they just, they just don't see it for themselves, they can't forgive themselves or, you know, whatever it is, that stronghold is just not being relinquished. Um, it's just, it's difficult to watch people go back. Um, because they're going back into something that has nothing for them. And, and sometimes, even knowingly, they say, 
I know this is the wrong decision, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so that's when you want to be the Holy Spirit in the moment. That's when you want to tie them down and you want to hold them back and you want to say, you know, like, I'm not letting you go. But like in our situation, we're we're dealing with adults and so they they have free will. And so that's the enemy is is free will sometimes because God will not force you and and we can't either. And, um, you know, that's that's probably it is. You know, just watching people go, but like in in a we have a situation right now. Somebody's moving on from us, but it is yeah. in the best possible way. She yes. gets to be restored to her children. She gets to have the life that she's prayed for for years and years. Mm. She's been faithful mm. in sacrificing her time and 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 pouring back into the ministry and and right. you know been in hard seasons in the midst. And she's had faith that God's going to deliver on that and. And she's getting the promise. She's yeah. walking into that promise. Yes. And so, you know, it's still hard to watch her leave, but it's, it's hard in the right way. Yeah, hard in the right way. Yeah. There's challenges, there's rewards. It's always something that you're going to face, no matter what ministry that you're in. But you have to stay faithful to it and remain faithful to it because it's more about what God is doing in all of us to yes. be faithful. And, and we do. You're right. You're absolutely right. God gives us an opportunity. He gives us a choice. And um, that's why it's so important that we pray for them and make that available, but it still boils down to, to their choice. So I don't know, Aaron, if you want to touch on that a little bit. If not, like what would you say um, out of those things, because you shared the challenges and the rewards, what would be maybe the greatest need in the area of ministry that you guys are at in this time? Like what would be the greatest need that you all have? Well, I think always at the top of the list, just because it, you know, when, when, you don't have to worry about the burden of how are we going to do this. It opens provision, opens up vision, yeah. I feel like. And so there's uh, resources. Um, you know, I love, you know, the way that you, know, you guys at the ranch utilize volunteers and crews coming in doing things that, that, that really are a resource, a huge resource. So, you know, volunteering things financially, um, it just, it releases the burden so that we can focus on the ministry. Um, I told my old boss uh, when, I, when I took this job, I said, that's the hardest thing for me to do is, is the balance of ministry and business. And it's, it's a difficult yeah. thing because yeah. my heart is ministry. My heart is really not business, but it is that there is that side of it that opens up the door for ministry. So yeah. provision opens up the way for vision and we can have vision, but we need the provisions accomplish it that's so true that's really good so same question um what's the greatest need for you guys in in your area of ministry well um i think you know we've been we've been pacing the growth of this ministry as god provides and sometimes there's seasons when we're just uh we're just waiting we're in a we're in a period be still and wait and and those are sweet seasons as well it's we've learned to rest in those seasons We've learned to, like, like just yesterday, that, that lady coming up and saying, I heard you 10 years ago uh, at LifePoint. And I thought, man, that's a long, that seed stuck, sat in the ground for a long time, you know. And um, you just don't know how long that seed is going to sit. But uh, God knows. And he's, he's, uh, he's, he's orchestrating this. Obviously, there are needs throughout this country. throughout. The, but this is our post. This is where God has put us. This is where God has us. Uh, we're reaching the we're reaching the least of these. We're reaching people that need to hear the gospel, um, and we have to just trust that God is pulling those people out of the fire. And He says, "I want this one. I want this one." And so we're we're gonna. Um, I think our our challenge is is that we want to you know our desire. We want to reach as many as we can, uh, but we don't need to get ahead of ourselves. We're we're gonna get. Uh, uh, we're looking at starting a girls' program, uh, a girls' ranch. I want to do it on separate acreage, um, for the obvious reasons. So, uh, and so, uh, or we have to start a third ministry. So, um, um, but yeah. So we're 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 prayerfully advancing this. Uh, God is opening doors, and uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. So I don't. I think uh, obviously funding is. For any ministry across this country, uh, but that's um, provision uh, moves the vision. But it's it's um, but we create the vision. We write it down. We have our game plan. We have our mission statement, our vision statement, and, and we we sit on that. We say, God, this is this is what you put on our hearts, and 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 in your timing, we're going to advance this. We're going to advance the kingdom. So, so if um, if you would share 
like, what's a great way that anybody could um, support what you're doing or get involved um, as a church as a whole or as individuals? Yes. Well, I think, uh, and fill in where, where I need to, but mission teams are great. We, we thrive off of mission teams. Um, we're averaging probably uh, seven to 800 people a year coming through, and that is, and it could be for two days, one day, three days, four days. Um, a lot of out-of-state mission teams that will come in, and we'll set them up in a hotel up in Morgantown, and, and there's a lot of fellowship. There's hard work. Uh, and there's meals in the evenings, and so um, uh, it could be father-son mission trip, it could be parent, uh, family, it could be just a group of men that are getting together, but anybody that can swing a hammer or, or fix a meal, um, we can use you. And so uh, there's always construction projects going on. We have 300 acres. We've got a, a beautiful fourth home going up that's going to need a lot of work over the next 12 months. Um, you can get involved in our thrift store. The thrift store is big. We sell anything. Uh, well, let me take it back. Um, most anything, you know, excluding like books and old televisions and pianos. Keep those at home. Um, but so the, anything from a salt shaker to uh, an old pair of shoes will turn into cash that keeps us moving forward. And that is right off of off, off Don Knotts Boulevard, right off of exit 168. Um, you can volunteer at the thrift store. If you're into thrifting, that's a good way to get a, uh, an eyeball on the first thing that comes through the door. So, um, and, and we can have, um, uh, obviously, uh, the church has been supporting us for over a decade. So this has just been wonderful. You guys, you guys started helping this ministry grow before we had the first child involved. Am I missing anything? Oh, yeah, you can get your oil changed. So we've got two quick lubes in town, change your oil, change your life. Um, you can come up to Morgantown. We have a Valvoline Express Care, and all the proceeds from these two businesses are being kicked back to the ranch. So uh, we've gotten creative. It's like a church bake sale on steroids. We're just kind of thinking outside the box. So, yeah. Yeah, and I really do love, um, same as these guys, the, the facility is, is amazing. And... Um, I know when we have stuff, which we have a lot of stuff in our house. Anyways, I like to take it to you guys and drop it off. But this is what I realized. Every stuff. time I drop something off, we come back with more than what we took. <laughs> so you're doing something right there. But um, yeah, we, uh, anything else you just wanted to throw out about what you're doing? or Because um, we, we, we appreciate what you guys do and how you do it. And um, we appreciate you, you being here with us today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Our vision is to have seven homes on the property. Right now, the fourth home is going up. We want to have 49 boys residing there. We've got a beautiful school that's designed for 60 children, so we oversized the school a number of years ago. That school is completed. It's built. It's furnished. Um, and we're, we've got three more homes to build. And, and then there's this girls' ranch that's stirring right now, and we are, we're prayerfully looking at this opportunity uh, I don't know where it's going yet. We've also been stepping in in the last two years into the, into the space of the, the, the national foster crisis. Uh, West Virginia has the highest numbers per capita in the nation, and we have been stepping into that space, working with state officials on how to bring the church to the forefront of the needs of the children, the local church. And so uh, we're just, just 24 months into that, but it's growing. And we've been working with, uh, we've been invited to come into Charleston a number of times and, and start speaking into legislative um, decisions. So, you know what? Uh, God's always been about the widow and orphan. And um, it's always been the church. It's always been the church throughout history. And we're, we're, we're seeing that pendulum swinging back across this country. So it's pretty powerful. We just get a front row seat of it. It's awesome. awesome. It's awesome. We're going to ask you all the same question, but knowing that I'm sure that even from the video and everyone in our congregation here and those who are joining us online um, have been touched in some way with this, and we just want you to kind of share, like tell us how we can best support you all, um, and maybe there's some people out here that their hearts are already being touched and want to do the same, like what uh, Steve was sharing, like volunteering and different things. So there's some areas and things that you all could explain to us that we could best and help support you all also. Yes, definitely. I would, I would say the, the volunteering aspect, there's always um, something going on. Again, 
Um, but I would say, I think the biggest thing, and it, it encompasses everything else, is to um, grab a hold of the mission. Um, we have a specific mission. We have a specific ministry. And if you grab hold of the mission, the volunteering, the finances, and everything else, I think, comes along with that, um, with, with the vision of the mission. So our mission is putting hope within reach of women and their families. Yeah. And when you really think of the core of what we're doing, um, I, I think that that's where God draws people to help with their ministry in different ways. Um, because everybody wants to help in some way. Not everybody help can help in the same ways. And so there's a way that everybody can help. Yeah. But I think if you grab hold of the mission, um, it opens the door to help. Yeah. That's awesome. We are so grateful, too, to be able to support you all from a church perspective and a personal perspective. And I know our church has had the honor of being able to hear the women and their testimonies on several occasions. And they actually are here with us. Can I ask them to stand up? We would like for you girls to stand up. Can we give them a round of applause? Awesome. Thank you, girls. You know, it's a personal... It's a personal thing, too, because I get to be personally involved also, and that's an honor for me, and so grateful that we get to be interactive and seeing the lives of this changing. So I would encourage any of you, if you have not met any of these young, amazing women, or Aaron or Victoria or Steve and Dawn, please take time to make sure you do that as we, we leave here today. But we're just so encouraged, and we are so honored to be able to sow seed, and it's part of your seed that gets to go into these ministries, and these go on heavenly accounts that change people's lives and we're so excited because God is doing great things in your ministries and um, changing the lives of families is what it is is changing lives of family and we are a church who believes in generations and changing the lives of families so we're grateful for you all and so thankful for everything that you do and the heart that you've had and even the challenges that you've been through in your own life have spoken volumes to these young women and to the people in our church, and we just want to say thank you so much for everything that you do. Can you guys share, this always blows me away, um, there's a statistic of like the government's rate of um, success, success yeah. and teen challenges rate of success. Yeah, so the um, success rates are based on seven years uh, after completing the program, but they are um, the most the most recent one was early two thousands, but I think it was still around the same government success rates. And this, these are uh, rehabilitation centers that are funded by the government or medical assisted treatment. Um, uh, are about a 7% success rate. So 7 out of 100 um, Teen Challenge success rates are between 70 and 80% success. So. And, and I, I, I always like to share it like this. We aren't just talking about, like, these people have been, you know, have not been drug addicts. They have not drank. They have not that they are established. They have families, they have careers, they are singing victory in Jesus still. They are productive members of society is the political way to put it, but they are, they are walking with the Lord. They are on, still on fire, still involved, and, and they, are, they are a believer, amen. amen. <laughs> So we're, we're going to do just a couple of things here as we close. Um, I, I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands up here. I want to pray for their ministries. Yes. Um, after that, I'm going to have Pastor Diane take them uh, around backstage and let them go out into the foyer. And um, you can stop by, and I know they have some tables out there. Connect with them, meet with yeah, them. Yeah, take a few minutes. Um, when I was sharing a few moments ago, uh, this popped back up about um, movement forward. And I, I know that was for several people in different ways. But, it, but I really sense that, um, I'm just going to tell you how I sense it, that um, God's not going to take you one step. He's actually taking you two at a time. He's speeding some things up. He's escalating some things. And there's some new movement coming. Um, 
even though I've, I know that was for some people, I just, as I'm sitting here, I felt like I was just supposed to tell yeah. you that it's, right. it's, um, it's God's time. Yeah. And there's yes. some things that are going to yeah. escalate and elevate. So I want to pray for you that way, if, if that's okay. Awesome. Would you all stretch your hands this way? Father, I thank you for um, you. these two ministries. I uh, thank you for what they've done over the years. But God, I, I, I know there's moments that are high times, low times, frustrating times, times to shout, times to wonder. But God, I pray that uh, your hand would be specifically on them in a new strategic way. God, you would continue to build upon what you've done. But God, it wouldn't just be building, but this is a launching pad. There's a yes. new season. There's some yes. new steps. Thank and God, you. I pray that you send them Thank more you, than God. enough support, more than enough yes. help. Every and God, that you would encourage them as leaders. I pray, God, as they, as they lay down, sit down, that the next season's vision would come so fast they would be energized for this next season. God, we pray your hand will be all over it. Bless them, their lives, their families, their health, their wealth. We pray all that in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Can we all stand to our feet? <clears throat> We're going to close in, in a part of a song here. And here uh, is what I'd like you to do as we close. We always say this every week. While we're doing this song, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit what he's, what he's talking to you about this morning. And uh, maybe this morning, he might just be encouraging you with what you see. Maybe it's something he wants you to get involved in. Uh, as a church, we support them every month. Maybe God wants you to bless the ministries on the way out with a gift, financial. Uh, maybe it's just with some encouraging words. But, but what, what might God... Um, stir your heart to. And remember the reason for this series is just to encourage you that you're blessed to be what? And uh, I feel like my words are uh, coming up short in that, but I'd really like to encourage you to grasp a hold of that and just know um, your words, your seeds, your deeds, that's part of the blessing. Amen? And you're, you're blessed to, to be a blessing. And, and I... I, I uh, as we get ready to, um, to do this song here, we cleared the stage out. Um, can, can we just bow our heads for a moment? I'm going to ask God just to speak to us. And maybe you're here, here this morning and say, Pastor Aaron, I don't know Jesus. I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. I, I, I want to come into a relationship with God. And if that might be you this morning, you've never prayed that, or maybe you just need to renew your commitment to him, would you just wave at me real quick before I do this prayer before we worship? Yeah, thank you. Anyone else this morning? We're all going to pray this prayer together. Uh, we had a hand go up. Can we say this together? Lord Jesus, I admit I've failed. I've sinned. But I believe you came. You gave your life for me. And this morning, right here, right now, I choose to make you the Savior and the Lord of my yesterday, of my right now, and my tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, saving me, and forgiving me. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.